The biggest thing is for you to really understand what your no's and yeses are. You're not going to know everything, you know, so you just get better at making decisions. How does that make you feel? And then you just start having that conversation back and forth with your partner. And then you start to figure out, okay, these are my deal breakers. These are the things that I can probably negotiate with. And these are the things that where there's like a cross section between the two, which is what I consider the sweet spot. And when you can start playing in the sweet spot, then that's, that's playtime right there. The sweet spot is where it's all at. We're both at a 10. Let's fucking go. Hi, everyone. This is Polly Curious, and I am Fernanda, your host. Today, I am interviewing Roxy and Tash. I met them through common friends last winter when I spent some time in Mexico City, where I am from. Note that because I didn't have my recording equipment while traveling, the audio might not be as good as usual, but the content is so worth it. So Roxy and Tash have been together for over three years, and so far they have had only sexual experiences together. They started off having experiences with other couples, but they eventually decided that they preferred to only have experiences with women. And in this conversation, we talk about how they arrived to that decision. We also talk about Roxy's process, opening up and letting go of what was expected from her in her community. We chat about Tasha's past non-monogamous experiences. And then we talk about their group sex experiences and what they have learned along the way. There are lots of great tips for couples who might want to explore opening up together And what I love about this episode is that their journey is an example of how at the beginning when opening up, one might not really know what is right for you or what your boundaries are, but it is through experience that one finds what Tash calls the sweet spot. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And here's my interview with Roxy and Tash. Hi guys, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, We are in Mexico City. First interview I do outside of the US. And yeah, why don't you start introducing yourselves? I mean, obviously I know who you are. I met you a couple of months ago here and it's been really great. But why don't you tell the listeners what your names are or the names you're using for the podcast? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, a little bit about yourselves. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for having us. We're actually really super excited to do this. I think when you first asked us, to be completely honest, I was a little bit hesitant. But as time went on, I think if you can share your story with other people and it's beneficial for them in any way, I think that's that's a, it's a good thing to do. Um, so yeah, my name's Roxy. Um, I was born and raised in New York and then I moved to London when I was young I was about nine and growing up in London and being from a minority community you know you're from a small town and you have kind of same friends that are from the same background and you know you generally tend to feel and think and act the same so you have like a, a conception of how life and relationships and careers and everything should go um So now looking at where I am now versus where I was growing up is a really big change. And, you know, even speaking about this on this podcast creates a lot of appreciation for myself because I'm like, you know, I didn't grow up thinking like this. I didn't grow up believing this way. And it's nice to know that you can mold and change yourself to create the lifestyle that you really want. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, you know, like you said at the beginning of this, you know, I live in Mexico City now. Um, and I really saw my life going like London, New York, LA, and just being in like cities. And now I'm like exploring and living in new places and experiencing different things. I just feel I've become more open to life. Mm, that's awesome. And because um, you mentioned you mentioned you were in a minority community, mm-hmm. would you mind sharing what minority community? Yeah. So I'm Indian, and you know I think the. Indian community, and I can't speak for other minority communities, but the Indian community has a lot of expectations, you know, particularly like the the first thing that you're kind of taught about is like, oh, like, you know, don't bring shame to your family, don't bring shame to your community. You have like a disposition to make sure that you're not displeasing anyone. So from there, you have this people-pleasing 
narrative deep rooted inside you. And now looking back at it, you realize how messed up that is. You realize that that's not natural and that's just really not like a productive way to live it. And so it takes a lot of unlearning. Uh, my name is Taj. I am from Los Angeles, California. And yeah, excuse, everyone excuse the beautiful cat that's just around. She's a diva. Uh, she's I mean... a little diva. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we have her around. So, so get used to some... Some sounds. Some meows. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I was like I was saying, my name is Taj. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, California. And I have been on this earth for a while. Uh, <laughs> I'm 38 years old. So, um, you know, I moved to New York about five years ago, uh, where I lived in Brooklyn the entire time before I moved out of the country. Um, and up until that point, my life had been just pretty traditional, um, so to speak, where, you know, it was just like, hey, get a corporate job, um, pay off the debt, you know, live this lifestyle and just kind of go through the motions of life. Um, and then I think after a while, um, I started just becoming more true to myself and being more honest about the things that I wanted in life. And the things that I didn't want. And I think that journey led me to, you know, just this whole reality of self-discovery. Um, and that self-discovery became this spiritual awakening. Um, and that spiritual awakening just kind of like forced me to only make hell yes decisions. And so that had become my life, you know, at the age of 33. I went from having a very predictable life to... I don't know what the hell my life is going to look like, you know, next month. Led me to, you know, meeting my partner and it, it led me to, you know, just really amazing lifestyle. So that's why we're here today. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you guys had like parallel journeys. Uh, but before we get into the moment you guys both met, when did you become interested in the idea of opening up either your relationship or I don't know if you guys had like a previous relationship that you had opened up. Yeah, I guess to give some context, you guys are not polyamorous, right? You have like an, an open type of relationship, but you only play together, right? Mm -hmm. And you only play with women, right? Mm -hmm. But how did you first think about either that idea mm -hmm. or just like another type of opening up in your individual mm -hmm. journeys. I believe, um, Roxy, that Tash was your first open relationship, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's the case for, for Tash as well. Yeah, it was my first official open relationship. I had tried open experiences with different people I had dated and it felt miserably. Um, and, but, you know, as far as like a, a real relationship or a partnership, definitely this was the first time that I had ever explored that. Yeah, and why, why do you think those relationships failed? I mean, we, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, and we, I don't, we didn't base it on the foundation of like us first and trust, you know? So we were just basing it on like, oh yeah, there's a sex party. Let's go to it and let's just have a lot of fun. Um, but we didn't know anything about the word trigger. We didn't know anything about the word trauma. We didn't know anything about the word, um, you know, patience and understanding and openness, you know, so those things were, were very new and we were just kind of like diving into things that would, without really having um, any type of knowledge around how they worked or, or would it matter or, or doing any research on them. So um, it was, it seemed like every time I tried to have an open type of experience with the girl that I was dating, Um, it just kind of backfired. Either she got really triggered, um, someone got upset, we didn't really understand what was going on, it was confusing, or just the relationship ended abruptly after that. So it was totally open, like you guys could both date independently? No, it was more like we were just going with the flow of things of things that might happen. So like, for example, there was a, a sex party that this girl I was dating that she had got invited to or that we had both got invited to. And we were like, Oh yeah, let's go. You know, we, we both were kind of like 
into that stuff but we didn't know that we were into it but we were like oh yeah this sounds like really cool because we're just only dating and you know it sounds like something that that would be fun if we explored we wound up going to the sex party um which was really just a, like a lot of cocaine and alcohol in like one shared room um and it was it wasn't the sexiest experience i'll say that it just it it, it just felt like just a whole a bunch of people ha- having sex on one bed um, that didn't really know each other, and the energy was a little different. Yeah. It didn't it didn't feel as open and safe. Yeah. So the party sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, when we left the party, um, she had gotten upset about a few things, and I had gotten upset about a few things, and we just didn't have the tools to like really talk through it and really understand each other on a deeper level. So, you know, it, it was just kind of like trial and error, trial and error with different people. And it's just, we just didn't have the tools. Yeah. Maybe, you know, that wasn't the right person to have that sort of relationship with, but what do you wish that you'd known if you were, you know, going into your first play party experience with someone who's also interested, you know, as you said, you didn't have the tools, but like, for people who are listening, who might be like, "Oh, I want to go. I'm also interested in going to a play party. Mm-hmm. I want to go, but I don't want. I don't want it to end like that." You know, <laughs> like, like yeah. what would you tell them? Um, I would say the biggest thing is for you to really understand what your no's and yeses are. Everything informs the next thing. You know, so you just get better at making decisions the more you experience things, but you kind of have to imagine yourself in that situation and you're not going to know everything, but you can at least know, like, like for me, I don't like anal play. So I, that's a hard no for me. So I'm like, Hey, if anybody wants to do anal play with me, I'm not on the market for that. Or <laughs> if anybody wants to do X, Y, Z, I'm not on the market for that, but I do feel comfortable in doing this. How does that make you feel? And then you just start having that conversation back and forth with, with your partner um, or the person that you're experiencing this with. Um, And then you start to figure out, okay, these are my deal breakers. These are the things that I can, you know, probably negotiate with. And these are the things where there's like a cross section between the two, which is what I consider the sweet spot. And when you can start playing in the sweet spot, and that's that's playtime right there. The sweet spot is where it's all at. It's like we both align on that. We're both at a 10. It's like, let's... It's fucking bad. Yeah. Well, but sounds like you didn't find that sweet spot with that that person, unfortunately. But like, <laughs> what made you think that it was possible to find that with someone else? Like, why didn't you just like give up on non-monogamy after that experience? Or did you? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I I think that all things are possible. I just feel like you you can you get in life you know, who you are, not necessarily what you want, but what you align to as far as your energy, you know? So I just knew if I basically changed myself or matched the energy of what I wanted, so to speak, you know, if I wanted to be this open person, if I wanted to be this person who was just very honest and talked about this and that and X, Y, Z, um, if I, if I wanted that from a, a partner, then I had to be that myself. So I just started working on myself Mm. and I knew that's what I was going to receive back. Mm -hmm. I was expecting it. As a matter of fact, I knew it had already happened. I just wasn't consciously aware of it at the moment. So it was just, it was a matter of when, not if. My belief system was that I can get anything that I want. So, you know, when a few months or a year or two later when it happened, it was just like, oh yeah, okay, that's... That's exactly what was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. And why don't you um, both tell us about about that moment when you guys met? So we've been together for three, three years now. Um, we met on a night out in New York. I was living abroad and he was living in New York. My friend, who I had grown up with in London, was like, yeah, you know, you should come on this night out. I don't know if you're going to like it. And then so we're like connecting and we're talking and we're getting to know each other. And, you know, the next thing you know, we've hung out for like three, four days. And we've had a really good time. Um, but I think I may have touched upon this earlier where I was talking about, you know, community and how you're raised and everything. And, you know, one of the first things I said when I was leaving his apartment was, you know, don't tell him meet your friend that we hooked up. And he was like, what? 
Like he's he's a grown ass man. He's at this point he's thirty six years old. He's like, don't tell someone I hooked up. Like what? Like who even say, who even says that? Are we in high school? Right? <laughs> like, no, no, really. Like it's, it's no. Really, I mean, it, it's messed I'm up. I'm sure people still say at thirty six years old. But, no, but, but I know what you're saying. But, yeah, it doesn't see, make like sense. The, but it was your friend in common. As exactly. If you had something to hide. Exactly. But you see culturally and everything that had gone on, you feel like, oh, this is so good. I feel really empowered. I'm having a lot of fun. But culturally, you're kind of suppressed to feel like what you're doing is wrong. Right, because your mutual friend was in the Indian community too. Exactly, so, so we grew you up were, in the same area. You were afraid. Conscious, very, very, like I was hyper-conscious. I was like, I bet, oh, you know, I hope he doesn't tell anyone because what if my cousin finds out? And little did I know, he doesn't give a shit, okay? He, he's, <laughs> he's in New York living his best life with his amazing girlfriend. He encourages me to be me and he's an amazing friend. And so when, you know, I was saying to Taj, like, oh, make sure you don't say anything, he was so taken aback that it kind of, it shook me a little bit because I was like, it must mean that this isn't normal. And I think that was my first aha moment. And I was 26 at the time. I was like, keeping this stuff low key under wraps is weird. Like you should feel empowered. You should do what you want without any care or consideration for what people around you who mean nothing to you think. And... That was my first moment. It was February 2019. I was 26 years old. And I was like, this cannot last anymore. I cannot keep living my life for a community and bunch of people who don't know me. They actually don't know me. The Indian community, the whole of London doesn't know me like that. They don't, they don't give a shit what I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was so concerned about what they would think. Yeah. You know, I remember I came back and a couple of weeks later, I was at the pub with my friend in London. I was telling her, she was like, wow, you had a great time. That's so great. And I was like, you know what? I did. I really did. And that was that. So you were living in London at the time. So I how was. did you, so you, you guys were long distance? Yeah, we were long distance for like a year. So that year that we were long distance, we were open. And that's something people don't really know. Because, I mean, the only people whose business it was, we told, you know, <laughs> like, it wasn't everyone's business, but we knew. And I think what really helped with, you know, in our situation was we were really getting to know each other. We had no expectations. And it was really easy to move forward in a relationship, keep seeing each other once every month, you know, once every six weeks and fly back and forth from New York. It was, it was glamorous. It was like, you go to these amazing parties in New York, yeah, you travel to Paris, yeah. you go to London, like, we're having a great time. I think also it's important to note that I had come out of a six-year relationship and I'd been single for a year. So for me, I was cracked open. I was like, okay, Woohoo! Let's go. I'm living, free. Living your best life. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm free, and I knew that the zero expectation was something that was very important because in previous relationships where I held expectation and held, you know, these idealistic thoughts of what a relationship should be, everything came crashing down, and I'd also never been in a long distance relationship. Yeah, and also you didn't expect it to become long no. distance. Uh, actually, you had mentioned to me that. You were like, oh, this is like the best opportunity for like a one night stand. Yeah, that was my which, intention. Which you had never had and, exactly. ha and have never had. Since then, I've been Did trying. <laughs> <laughs> but then that one night stand became, you know, your it's partner, you know, but like yeah. you, you also did it because you were like, you know, it's a, it's a holiday. I'm far away. Exactly. The Indian community doesn't no, have to find no. out as long as my friend doesn't, doesn't tell anyone. Doesn't exactly. tell anyone. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's my whole thought process. It was very structured and it, you know it gets to a point where you're tired of being structured thinking about the next step and what people are thinking what people are doing at the end of the day everyone is so self-absorbed with their own shit they don't care about you and does anyone in your family or like in the Indian community that you were so concerned about like know about your open relationship you know what a few of my friends know and they're like yeah, you know what? If it was going to be anyone, it was going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> we knew all along. Yeah, and anyway. I was like, you're right. Yep. <laughs> but see, it's like, sometimes it's not the end of the world. And sometimes it's it not. is. And, and, you know, that's why a lot of people keep their relationship status concealed to certain 
people, people yeah. to their family. And that's also respectful, you know, For but sure. like the shame is the part that, you know, even if you keep it secret, if you don't feel shame around, the shame. around it, then, mm -hmm. you know, then yeah. you're good to go. Yeah. For, I have to be completely honest. While we entered into this relationship, I never felt shame. It's okay to keep certain things personal, not share stuff. Like, okay, my mom and dad are never going to understand this. My grandparents are never going to understand it. And that's okay. But as long as you accept where you are and you're happy wholeheartedly with where you are and you understand that certain people aren't going to get it just because of their background and, you know, opinions and stuff, that's okay. But you don't need to be ashamed about where you are as long as you're happy. You're not hurting anyone. Yeah. You know, you're only being true to yourself. When you finally like move in together, because you had this open oh arrangement because you were <laughs> you were long distance, mm -hmm. so it, it just made sense for you. But when you moved in together, what kind of conversation you had around like, okay, what is it that we want now that we're together? What happened after? We decided to close at that point because we were like, you know, we just want to just hunker down, focus on each other, whatever. And I think subconsciously we thought. You know, that was only going to be, like, for a short while. Because, you know, we had d done a lot of self-discovery on who we are independently and then who we want to be in this relationship. And then COVID happened, okay? COVID happened. So we moved it together in December, and in March, it was COVID. So where can we go? What can we do? How can we express and explore ourselves? But had you already decided you wanted to do that? Yeah, so we, we, want, we closed, We didn't see ourselves going open to close long term forever. Like, okay, now we're monogamous, you know, husband, wife, 2.4 kids. Let's move to the suburbs. It's, it's not us. You know, we are the couple who are fun and we like to explore things and we like to test boundaries. We're always testing boundaries. It's probably why we're always triggered with each other. You know, <laughs> we're always trying different things. But it's really fulfilling for us. And I think that covid really tested us um and i think we always had in the back of our mind that having that kind of outlet to be who we are and play and have fun was important to us and i think our first opportunity came when we were at our friend's wedding yeah but before that how did you know did you have like experiences with women before because from what oh, I, i understand yeah. the conversation you guys had at the beginning of the, your relationship was, okay, we want to explore together, right? Yes. Uh, and yeah. and you, you said, like, I like women. And at that point, you guys thought that maybe you wanted to explore with other couples as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, like, changed with time, right? But how yes. did you know that you like women? Have you had experience? I've always liked women. I've always liked women. I've always appreciated women. I, my first sexual experience was with a woman. Um, I've hooked up with women on and off since then. But I've always been in relationships with men. I never had the opportunity to fully explore with women. And it was always something that I was interested in. It was something that I kept to myself. Something that I wanted to explore, but I just didn't know how or when or where. But I knew it would happen. And it has. And it's been great. Yeah, so tell me about your first sexual experience with a woman. How did that happen? And how old were you? Because I remember I had a sexual experience with a woman like when I was really young. And I felt so guilty, you know. Really? Like, yeah. 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 I, was, I was very young. At that point, I was like, am I a lesbian? You know, like, and all these Maybe things. you are. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely uh, interested in women. Mm. And I'm totally okay with that now. But like, yes. at that point, it was difficult for me. Right. So how, how was it for you? Were you just like, oh, it was fine, whatever. You, you didn't know have what? any. I, yeah. No, that's actually a really good question. I don't feel like I've ever been asked. I remember when I first started masturbating, I felt like I was like sinning. I was like, this can't be good. I was like, this feels so good, but this is so bad. And um, I remember myself and my best friend were like, listen, we should just explore with each other. And let's just see, let's just work this out. But the intention was to, able to, to be able to work out so we could play with men. Because oh, I, I feel like you're conditioned in society as women to get with men. Yeah. And how old were you at this time? I was 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had had my first kiss with a guy. It was amazing. Best first ever kiss. I was like 13 and a half. I was at school disco. Everyone hated me. We got kicked out of the school disco. It was amazing. It was great. It was, it was totally <laughs> you worth it. You were kicked out? Yeah. And then ever since then, we didn't have a single 
fucking school disco. Really? Because of that? Yeah. I went to a girl's school. Yeah. I went to a girl's school. It was extremely strict. Yeah. And this was in New York or London? London. London. Yeah, 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 yeah. But let me tell you, it was worth it. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, that was my first kiss. And so me and her like explored and we played and stuff. And we didn't really enjoy it because we didn't really know what we were doing. But I was like, I could do this. <laughs> I could, I could do, I can do both at this point. And then at, from that point onwards, you know, I'd only experienced and explored with men, but I'd always been very interested in women and I'd always been very flirty. You know, I think a lot of women are raised to compete with other women for the attention of men. And... I always felt that I wanted to make women feel comfortable, loved, seen, appreciated. And that was my priority. That was something that I really wanted to make sure I cultivated. And in doing so, I built really strong female connections, which is really important and fulfilling for me. But I always dated men. That was just the community that I grew up in. Right. But I always had like a, a strong appreciation. So you knew for that and then you knew that um, Taj was open to explore as well so you guys were both like let's do this and then right. COVID happened right? yeah well you know when he kind of suggested it I remember speaking to my friend at the pub because that's what we do in London always at the pub I remember like oh, you know what I don't know if I want a threesome that's scary I was like oh really yeah I was freaking out and she was like you don't have to do anything you don't want to and I was like yeah in the back of my head I was like I'm gonna do it <laughs> I was like yeah it's gonna so be you were great. just saying that but thinking something else yeah because I felt like I'm scared but I want it I'm scared but I want it what were you scared of I was scared that I would feel triggered I was scared that I would feel jealous I was scared that I would feel unwanted I was I was scared that it wouldn't be good so Yeah, I remember saying that and my friend, she was super supportive. She was like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. She's like, you can just talk to him. He seems like he really loves yeah, you. Yeah, and how, how, did, how did he bring it up? Dash, how did you bring it up to her? Uh, I don't remember the exact conversation, uh, but it was the very beginning of our relationship. Mm. And what I do remember is at that point, I was never going back to being monogamous. Mm. Um, I had decided, and I think it was because in all my previous relationships, um, I was living a life so inauthentically that I would wind up cheating on all of my ex-girlfriends. Um, and it just caused a lot of heartache and a lot of discomfort, um, mm. in every single relationship that I had into up until that point. Um, and so I just made a choice that that's how I wanted to live my lifestyle. And I'm not sure exactly how I worded it to her, but I, I was just very honest from the start, like, Hey, this is who I am. And this is just what I want to experience, you know, and I'm not sure how you feel about that, but you know, let me know and I can make a different decision from there. Right. But it was always you guys doing it together. No, I, I think it, It had less to do with, hey, let's do it together or do it separately. I think that's when you start getting into the configuration of how it's going to look. But I think at the very beginning, it's more about just expressing your truth. Yeah. And like, hey, this is who I am. Do you accept me? Do mm -hmm. you not accept me? Mm -hmm. Do you love me unconditionally or, or do you love me with conditions? Mm -hmm. And so we were still working that out at the very beginning. And then once we started to trust each other, And we started to accept each other for who we were and not what we wanted each other to be. And then that's when we got into, okay, well, how do we configure this so that we can both play within these boundaries um, that we have set? Not walls, but boundaries, because the boundaries, you can, you can they're, they're malleable. And it was very easy because we had just aligned on a lot of things. Um, I think we played some things up. I think she felt more cool about things than she might have actually thought she was. And I think that I was um, more open to different things than I, than I thought that I was. And I think that was all part of the learning experience. Like, hey, let's trial and error. Mm. Let's just figure this out together and, and see what stings and see what sticks. Yeah, what are some things that you were surprised that you either realized you liked or you didn't like once you experienced I think at the beginning, I was just happy to be there. Like if we were going to have an open experience, a threesome, a foursome, or a G or whatever, I was just happy to be there. 
So I found myself just kind of going along with anything and just being like, I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> Finally, someone said yes. Yeah. And it's cool and it's not going to yeah, be a thing. It's not going to be a thing, yeah. be a thing and it's not going to be a disaster. And I'm just, I'm just so happy to be here that, you know, I didn't really have any preferences. I was just like, okay, well, let's just try this and let's do this. And, you know, I don't have to do anything. I'll just sit there and watch and I'll just give you water the whole time, you know? That never and, happened. Uh, no, but... <laughs> But, but, yeah. but I, I think that I'm, I'm very dumb. And I think what was happening was I became more subservient, like mm -hmm. more subservient. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was because I didn't want to, <laughs> if I take it back to my single days, um, the thing that I learned very well and very quickly is, and I'm just going to be very vulgar, if that's okay. Yeah, please. Is, uh, <laughs> is um, a lot of, men or say a lot of young boys who are immature is they talk themselves out of pussy where if they just show up in the right way with the right energy and don't say too much then everything will just kind of flow and you will get everything that you want by the end of the night but a lot of guys just don't know how to shut up yeah it's where a lot of guys <laughs> are trying to like force it yeah 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 i wish i wouldn't Huh? I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. guys out there who are listening to this podcast, any tips when you, you want to have a threesome, but you don't want to like force it? Well, I mean, I guess you just said it. It's about like going with the flow, like not pushing too hard maybe, but, you know, yeah. stay, some, somewhat stating or, or, you know, like whether it's direct or indirect, but like, yeah. you know, like showing that you want it, obviously, mm -hmm. oh, but then, you know, maybe... Maybe sometimes taking a step back and letting that's the women handle it. That's or what something. it is. And that's and I have perfected that. Um, <laughs> you have, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and I and I just learned how to do that very well. But I think I, I learned to do it so well that it became to my detriment mm. after a while when I started having a different voice. Um, I showed up to the table differently, just wanting to have a seat at the table when I first entered into this experience. And now I'm at the place where I'm like, okay, I know what I want to eat and I want, I want it the way that I want it, mm -hmm. you know? And that took time. Mm -hmm. That took trust and that took confidence and that just took me saying, you know, enough. So what I learned at the beginning was I don't, I don't necessarily like seeing other penises. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it wasn't, it didn't turn me on. At the beginning, we would do like more couple swaps and, Um, not swaps as in like a direct swap, but like more like yeah. kind of orgy, swinger, swinger type of thing. Yeah, um, just with like playing and stuff. Yeah, why don't you? Friends. Why don't you? Um, maybe tell us about your very first experience, and then we can go from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like not in too much detail, yeah. because as you guys mentioned, like you wanted to open up, you had that intention, but then COVID, everything closed, so it took you months to actually get yeah, there. Yeah, right? we were at a friend's wedding. And there was a couple that we reconnected with, and they were super cool. We're still friends with them. We absolutely love them. She's like a firebolt of energy. He's just a whole vibe. At this point, we'd been in the hot tub, come out the hot tub. I mean, the wedding had happened. We were at the reception. So you can imagine we were partying pretty hard or whatever. So you, you played together, but you didn't play with the guys. Um, like you didn't swap guys. No, no, no. I made out with the guy. I love making out with people. I remember his story slightly differently. Okay, how do you remember it? So, what wound up happening is um, we met this other girl um, at the wedding. And we started making out with her. And that was the first time that we had ever, actually ever done something like that. Oh, well, she's in a relationship. And how did that happen? Did, did she start making out with you, uh, Roxy, first? Or... Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, that did happen. That so, was fun. So yeah. she started. So they were talking. I, I guess the other girl had admired her, um, and she was like, "Oh, you're so pretty," or something like that. And they were just admiring each other and just in different ways, maybe energy and you know how girls do when they when they appreciate one another. Um, and you know, Roxy is very forward, so I think she might have said something like, "Hey, do you want to kiss?" Um, and they kissed. And then she was like, well, do you want to kiss Taj? 
And so me and the girl kissed. Oh, I see. So you told her you want to. I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It happens so naturally. I sometimes I forget. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's nice. That's uh, <laughs> quite a skill to have. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So that was the first time that ever happened for us. Like yeah, that. and that um, was good. And that was really nice. Mm -hmm. What wound up happening is other people saw that. So when other people see, <laughs> yeah, they knew yeah, the radar. Yeah, so it's like discretion it, is not I my I don't strong I don't, don't know <laughs> what happens. It, it's like this pheromone, 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 pheromone. Oh, pheromone! A pheromone. My new nickname. Yeah, it's just like I'll take it. I'll it just it. like starts spreading, and then all the people who. We're always curious or interested in you or the couple. <laughs> yeah. All that of a sudden, happening. see an opportunity, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they start being more vocal. Yeah. When before <laughs> they didn't know that that was a possibility, so they were oh, keeping they it more to them to themselves. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, well, they didn't know because we didn't even know that it was a possibility until because we didn't understand exactly how we wanted to execute yeah, that. Yeah, people don't believe it until they see yeah, it. That's they right. See it. I yeah. think that's, that, that's the key point. I think yeah. people subconsciously knew, we subconsciously knew, but no one's yeah. going to really execute on it until they see it. Right. And so consciously, um, our other friend had seen that. And so she felt the courage enough to come up to me and, and, and start asking about like, hey, so what's up with you? And, <laughs> Roxy. You know, Roxy <laughs> and, you know, and so we started to have the conversation and it's like, and... That was the first conversation I had ever had a with a girl while I was in a partnership about that. But she led the whole conversation, which is amazing because I didn't have to do much. Because uh, yeah. I, was, I was actually very yeah, shy. About honestly, it. sometimes <laughs> I'm also very straightforward. Uh -huh. And like, I feel yeah. like sometimes <laughs> I feel like sometimes that's a better approach in those situations. Like, hey, me and my boyfriend play, but we don't play with giving all yeah. the details. Like, are you guys done with, with this or not? And I know it can be easier said than done, but like when there's like tension and no one's saying anything and everything, everything everyone's it's waiting awful. for something to happen yeah. and then mm -hmm. everything just takes too long. It's yeah. just like, let's just get down to business. Yeah. These are my terms. Exactly. This is this what, what I'm doing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and, I, and, it was very, and it was very straightforward. Yes. And um, so what wound up happening after that was I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, so I'm going to go speak to Roxy. So I went to go speak to Roxy. I told her verbatim exactly what we talked about. And then the other girl comes over there and talks to her and then tells her verbatim what we talked about. Because he was coming off like it was his idea. And I was like, listen, I know it takes two. And I wasn't the two. <laughs> so then I knew. But the great thing about the other girl was that I know that her and her boyfriend partner at the time did play, like they they would play with couples, but like fully play with couples at full penetration, whatever, like they were like that. But when she came over to me, I knew she was saying exactly the same boundaries that Taj and I had. What she had said to me was, hey, so me and my boyfriend are interested in playing, you know, we don't swap with the guys, but the girls can play and, you know, we can just have fun. So I was like, She gets it. She's on board. They've obviously already had a conversation. Oh, I see. So those weren't her boundaries. Those no, like, those are our you, boundaries. Th th your boundaries. Uh, that she was in... telling back to me. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Interesting. And you guys had realized that you didn't want to swap men. Like you had had that conversation. Yeah. Before mm -hmm. the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you just like share what you felt comfortable with, and that's, well, that's, that's how you had ambitioned your threesome. At the, at the time, or like, sorry, was, you the forcing orgies. At the time, it was penetrative sex with men, um, but um, what we were doing was exploring just kind of like the comfortability level of of how that felt. So, you know, there was there was play with other men. You know, there was there was eating out. Uh, there was kissing, you know, those type of things. And we had to explore that to see how it felt. How it felt, yeah. You know, um, and, and and that's just kind of what it was. It was just an ex experiment. Yeah. And and how did you realize that you you didn't want to have other men involved? So, like, these guys were my friends and are still my friends. And I love them to death. But it wasn't something that was like oh my god i crave this i need this i want this this is something that i really need to have i found myself being sometimes a little bit awkward and being more forward with the women 
and not really knowing what to do with the men, even though they were my friends and I felt really safe. So it just felt a natural step, like in the right direction to be like, hey, I'm really interested in women. Let me just concentrate on this. Let me just concentrate on what I'm interested in rather than doing what I think I should be doing just because I'm in it, you know? So it was from both both of you that you decided to rule the men out of your I sexual think, experiences. Yeah, I think maybe even I had started leading it a little bit. And I think you came to the same conclusion, like, I don't really need to do this if you don't want to or if I don't want to. I, I think we came to the conclusion separately. Um, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we came to it separately. I'm not sure... It's, it was definitely at different times um, and for different reasons. It took me a while to get there because I was still trying to be someone who I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I was struggling with uh, like identity. So, so you were like forcing yourself a little bit to like having men in their room? Yeah. The thing was, you know, we're in this open community and everybody's open, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the men are okay with being fluid and the men are okay with, you know, their partners, um, being with other men. And, oh, so you saw others were doing that and you were like, why can't I? Yeah. And way? I'm like, I, I need to be like that. You know, that's, that's who I aspire to be. I, I need to be this person that's okay with, you know, that type of experience and you know it, it was part of the journey of just being truthful and honest about who i was versus who i wasn't you know i and so it was actually roxy um that made this happen a lot quicker where she kept calling me out she kept saying you know and she would call me out in front of friends sometimes and she'd be like yeah he's just trying to be the shaman or try to be this guy and he doesn't really want me to be with other men or whatever and i'm like i'm okay with it you know i'm just you know taking my time and getting comfortable and blah 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 you know so it, it was like that kind of conversation that we had and i think it was one conversation too many that we had and at the at one of those conversations i, I finally cracked And I was honest with her because I started being honest with myself. And so she saw that in me a long time ago. And I didn't see that in myself. But when I finally came to that, it was, I made a hard decision after that. Like, you're right. I don't want men in the bedroom. And was it like after how long of you guys uh, opening up and playing and all of that? About a year. Yeah, a year. After about a year. Yeah. And you've had like, several experiences mm -hmm. oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um so there wasn't like one ex like last experience that was like no 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 no, no, no. it was a process the, none of the experiences that we had were bad they were great you know they, they were, were great, great. it's just preference yeah, yeah. it was yeah. highest preference it yeah. was like are you gonna be at like a 70 or can you really be at 100 my two kind of pivotal moments were when we were at our friend's birthday And we were having sex with our partners and it was like an open situation. No one was swapping, but everyone was just having sex with their partners. And I remember Todd was like, oh, did you see so-and-so and so? And I was like, no. And he was like, how didn't you see that? And I was like, because I wasn't looking at his dick. I was so interested in what the women were doing. Oh, he was like, did you see someone's dick? Yeah. And you were like, no, I didn't. Yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> no, did you and see we, her tits? <laughs> yeah. And we were like in the situation for a good few hours. I was so preoccupied by my five beautiful female friends. I was like, what's she doing? What does that look like? And what's she saying? What do her tits look like? And how's she coming? Like, I was so interested in that. And when you told me that the next day, I was like, oh, I guess I just don't give a shit. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. And I think we've talked about this as well, because even though in a sexual situation, you are more interested in women, you still have as your primary partner a man. Mm -hmm. And I think that like part of it, and, and, and I feel identified, like we talked about how we like to, to watch uh, lesbian porn, Yeah, you know? And I think part of it is just society. Mm -hmm. We are bombarded with images of like beautiful women, you yeah. know? And it's just like, we have so ingrained in our brains that a woman's body is something sexy and something beautiful and the dress, the makeup, the yeah. hair, whatever, all of these things. But then at the same time, 
we see ourselves with a man yeah. as a life partner. You know, when I, I was talking about how when I was young and I had like a um, uh, lesbian experience and I like freaked out about it, it was because those two ideas couldn't be like together in my right. head. If you are a bi woman and you see yourself having a future with a man, then naturally you're going to pick a man to raise a family with, a father, a mother, whatever, to do those things. And naturally you're going to be more drawn to men. Yeah, maybe, that, maybe, me. maybe not naturally, societally. So, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm just speaking for me, but there can be bi women who like men and women exactly the same and think, hey, I don't really care whether I raise a family with a man or a woman. Some bi women are like that. Yeah, and also it can be that, I mean, for example, in my case, it's not even that like necessarily rationally, I think like, oh, okay, being with a man is what makes sense. Also sexually, like, yeah, I like men more. Yes. But I still like watching lesbian porn more. Right. I still like looking at a woman. Right. More than looking at a man. More than yes. looking at a man. Right. You know, they're just different and they it's both different. have their beautiful things. But yeah. like, I still feel like I, I'm more attracted to a man, you know, in yes. sexually. But I still yes. watch lesbian porn and yes. I still like women. You exactly. Know? Like, but that's exactly how I feel. It's about, I know I'm going to be more physically fulfilled with a man, just physiologically, because he has a penis. He has really big hands. He can throw me around. Like, I'm into that. That's yeah. what a man can do. A woman who's the same size as me or smaller than me is not going to be able to throw me around. Isn't going to like yeah, exactly. pull the, my hair and the shit. The dominant part of Exactly. It. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I'm, I'm into. And I'm sure there's like, I'm sure you can find a woman who'll throw you around and pull sure. your shit or whatever. But then that might not be what you're into. You exactly. Know? Like, because when it comes to women, when, sometimes yeah. you are more into feminine other, women. Other, other, yeah, other sort of. I'm, yeah, I'm into really play. feminine women. And I'm into feminine women to build intimacy. For me personally, I love my partner. I love having sex with a man. I love having sex with him. Um, but I love building that intimacy and sexual connection with a woman. It's easy to get a man to put penis inside you. You're hardwired to do that. You know exactly how to do that. But to be able to build a female-to-female -female connection, to be able to get close, to build trust, to build intimacy, to build a friendship, um, takes more work. And for me, is more fulfilling. Yeah, and, and that's why you were also fine when Tash realized that he didn't want men yeah. in the room. You were also like, actually, that's fine. That's me, fine because anyways, me. I prefer women. And anyways, as you were saying, you, yeah. you, you had these yeah. awkward moments with men or whatever. Yeah, you know? and, and I was just like, I can do that with men if I want. Like, I And think at this point, you, had, you hadn't penetrated men. It was just play. Exactly, just you, play. Yeah, just play. Just play. But even that, you, you guys even that, I was to, just like, to rule it out. Yeah. yeah. And you know, he did get to a point where he was like, you know what, if you wanted to have sex with a guy... You can, I just don't want to know about it. You do it on your own, like, I don't want to see it, I don't want to know about it, whatever. And I was just like, you know what, I'm so proud of you for getting to that point, but I don't want it. Like, thank you for getting there. I'm so proud of you for your journey and where you went and the boundaries you pushed and the barriers you broke, but I'm good. And yeah, why do you think you're good? Because that's a different offer. That's not having, you know, having sex with him, with Tash and, and another man and a woman. Yeah. It's like independently. Why are you not interested in that? Because I feel that like what we're cultivating, I mean, like he's my best friend and we're really true partners in crime and we have a lot of fun kind of playing and hunting, flirting and doing everything together that doing something independently wouldn't feel as fun. I don't have my best friend with me, you know, and... For me, you know, what I've identified is like getting a man. I'm not saying, oh, it's easy. It's just in the bag. I can get any man I want. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, there's like a clear cut. Here's the step one, step five. Here's how you do it. I'm like, I'm, I'm cool with yeah, that. You, I don't want to do that yeah, anymore. You're more interested in like exploring the, you know, the unknown of women. Unknown, yeah. Like, the friendship. friendship with a woman, unknown with a woman, chasing a woman, like, you know. Building that connection. Yeah. 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 So when he gave that to me, I was like, firstly, I don't believe you. But secondly, <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> what has been the hardest and what has been like the, the, the best part about this? When we're working through this and exploring, 
exploring who we are more and exploring how we want our relationship to be. Something we discovered was, hey, if we're using a threesome situation to connect with each other, it's always going to end in a shitstorm because you need to make sure that like in the week prior or the weeks prior, you two are connecting. So when you're then bringing someone else in into a situation, you have that awareness and you have that base with each other so you can bring someone else in. I think when people use a threesome, foursome, orgy situation, whatever, to either physically connect, spiritually, mentally, emotionally connect as a basis, you're always going to fall flat because you're opening yourself up for triggers and emotional vulnerability that you just don't need. Because in a relationship, you know, it is you too. It's really important for all three people to be like 33.3333% in. Like, you need that. You can't, as a woman, you can't be doing a threesome just because your boyfriend wants it. Because you're going to end up feeling resentful or angry or hurt, triggered, pissed off, angry. It's going to be a whole shit storm. And then he's never going to enjoy it. So it needs to really be coming equally from the both of you. And that's really, really important. If you're going to have a threesome with another man, both of you should want it. It doesn't mean that the other guy needs to hook up with the other guy if they don't want to. Oh, yeah, that, I should put this out there because some, yeah. some people don't know this. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, some people think if you're going to have a threesome with two guys, that means the guys have to hook up. They don't. They don't, they don't have, have to hook up. And it's great. So yeah. women out there, go and get those threesomes. because With two guys, if that's what you want. Guys, yeah. If that's what you want. If that's course. what you want to do, go do it. But especially if you're going to do it in a partnership with your boyfriend, he needs to be into it as much as you are and that might not mean physically but he needs to be into you having that pleasure with that guy as much as you want to have pleasure with that guy as much as he wants to see it people are going to feel left out if you're not equaling it out basically yeah i think those are great tips tash anything i, I think there's two ways to to think about it you can be selfish and selfless at the same time And when you find that balance, it's a beautiful balance um, because everyone is winning at that point. Uh, I think there's the part of the individual of uh, just being very honest about what it is that you want and not feeling like you can't express yourself um, and, and being honest with your partner because it might hurt him or her. You know, I think that's where we limit our realities and limit our experiences because we're doing it for the other person. So there's the individual part. And then there's the base, you know, between you and your partner. Um, and I think before anything, you know, you have the two individuals and then you have the base. And then I think everything happens after that. If you don't have your individual self-right then you can't form the base and if you don't form the base and then you can't have the reasons yeah. and, and open experiences yeah actually i think that the best advice given in this podcast so far was by ruth it wasn't you guys sorry no i'm kidding no it's actually like you guys are saying it which yeah, is yeah. why i'm bringing it up when you were when your relationship is not good mm. maybe don't open it up you know when you are like yeah yeah when, yeah when you are like even if you are just like you know fighting or whatever like you can always reopen but if like you are not in a good place in your relationship mm. maybe wait until you are in a good place in, with yourself starting mm. with yourself that's what which is what Tash yep. was saying mm -hmm. then the relationship yep. and then and you then bring others. other people exactly in. yeah there's another part where you're using open and threesome experiences to bring you're using the other person to bring you guys closer together. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. And in my experience, it doesn't work. They do work in making you closer, but it's how you want to get there. So bringing somebody else to put a Band-Aid over your relationship, it's not fair on the other person because then they have to bear the brunt of your shit. Right. So my advice You know, if you're, if you're asking me for like what my advice is, is for you to get your individual stuff together, you to have your base with your, 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 your partnership. Um, and then you go into, you know, a threesome or an orgy or, or an experience 
being open about where you guys are. Yeah. This is this is where we are. Yeah. We're we we've come to this point. We have this agreement. This is how we feel about it. Yeah. Are you okay with entering into that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be this thing like, are they okay? Just like, no, we're a normal relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's another thing. Like, it's not like your relationship has to be absolutely perfect for that's, you to have experience. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you have to let whoever you are having. And first of all, as you said, like you shouldn't use that person to connect. If yeah. you connect afterwards because of that person. Exactly. Amazing. But you, the, amazing. But mm-hmm. that's a consequence. That's not mm-hmm. Yes, it's a result. That, yeah. that as a result is not the intention. Exactly. You know? Exactly. First of all, and second of all, you know, you can be at a difficult point or you can be working through things or you can be exploring, but you just have to be open and upfront yep. with mm-hmm. the person you are going to explore yeah. with and be like, this is where I am. Yep. Where we are, this is like what we've discovered in our journey. Or yes, whatever, in the past know? week. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. Opening up that line of communication yep. before you get into it. Yeah. Because I know I've tried to have those types of conversations before. And I'm like, I don't know how to work this. I don't know how I feel. Okay, I don't know. I just don't want to have this conversation. And then you get into a situation and shit hits the fan. You're like, oh, this is fucked up. <laughs> because you haven't, you haven't processed stuff. And so it's really important, like... Charge said to bring in a clear line of communication. Yeah, it all comes back to I think the one of the main topics of our conversation, just being truth to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. which I think it's a great thing to wrap up. But before we do, the very last question, uh, which I ask to every guest, is uh what would you tell to a polycurious person? And by that I mean, you know, someone who's just entering this world. It could be you, you know, your younger self. Um, what would I tell my younger self or a polycarious person coming in? Um, the same thing I tell to my students is, you know, you're, you're never going to get it right. I was going to say that. <laughs> I, I was going to say that was going to be my thing. I mean, but that is my quote. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, you, that, you're, that you're never going to get it right. You know, try to be obviously as honest as possible. But stop striving for perfection. Yeah. You know, just show up in the most authentic way that you can and be okay with the feelings that come up or with the things that happen, but use that to make better decisions moving forward and the next time and the next time and the next time. And just know that you're never going to reach your goal, but that's the fun part, you know, that's in the journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not going to be easy, but ultimately hopefully fulfilling. Mm -hmm. How about you, Roxy? That's me. It's Roxy. Um, <laughs> I, I just think the best advice I would give myself or anyone else is just, just be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself and just realize, like, this is something that should be bringing you joy. You need to prioritize your joy at every point. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you need to be in something or you should do something or you should allow something just do whatever you want just do whatever you want with consideration of the other person but don't yeah. do anything you don't want yeah and also if they but yeah do do what you want in consideration of the other person but if at any point you want to do something and it's wholeheartedly a hell yes for you and you are in this partnership or whatever, and you're like, hey, you know what, this is like a hell yes for me, and he or she's like, hey, this is not a hell yes for me, you need to be open enough and willing enough to have that conversation. Yeah. And you need to be like, hey, you know what? What does this mean for our relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And like, like you open need up the, the open up the conversation. To, to even like break up that relationship. If, you need if to you be cannot, comfortable with breaking up. Yeah. Reach that agreement. One thousand, yeah. one million percent. Yeah, even you, if you love the person very Even much, if you love the person. You know, you have your hell yeses and you have your maybes and your yeah. noes, you know. But if at any point, you know, people grow, people change, people's minds change. If at any point you feel some type of way about something and you become a hell yes or a hell no about something that you used to be the opposite about, you need to be able to say that to your partner. And yeah, you, and you can change be, your mind. You too. can change your mind at any point in yeah, this. No one yeah. is holding a gun to your head. You are your yeah. own person. Yeah. And, you know... The most important thing, and I feel like a lot of us are conditioned to 
be scared in this is like you're always going to be okay as long as you're okay in yourself so whatever happens after that as long as you're being true to yourself you will be okay yeah yeah awesome okay perfect way to end thank you so much guys i love this conversation we did too and yeah thank you for coming to polycurious thank you for having us thank you That's it for today's episode. I would really love it if you shared it with a friend, a loved one, or even a family member. The way the Polycurious community has grown is by word of mouth, so it really means the world to us when you share our content. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any of our episodes this season. And if you don't follow us yet, we're on Instagram at Polycurious Podcast. You can also write to us at polycuriouspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support and I'll see you all next week.